Welcome to Building Worthiness. My name is Mia, or officially Dr. Mary Patricia Quinn-Liven, and this podcast is all about recognizing how truly worthy we are. I will be using my journey as an example, but it's very much a shared journey of building worthiness. And this episode is all about just how supported we are on that journey and that when we are prepared and willing to to do the work, to practice presence, to practice meditation, to practice facing ourselves, to be vulnerable, we will be so supported. And we may notice that support in different ways, you know, when we're prepared to listen to what's in our heart and step towards that. We may notice that things just start to work better or they start to flow better. Or when we're sitting in nature, we might really feel just so much better, just the support of the earth and the trees around us. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about my first experience of connecting with spirit beings and then my first experience of awakening. And I know, I know now that all of us have this immense support available to us, beings that are already resting in God, angels, nature. You know, we are surrounded by divine love. And really it is all one essence, but there are beings available to give us the support that we need. And right now in my life, I always start every meditation with honouring the ancestors of this country and my ancestors and those beings available to guide me and the angels, all in divine love, in Christ essence, because I know that even though it is all one divine essence, it's just nice to know (laughs) that there's support that feels a little more personal sometimes. And in this episode, I'm going to describe some auntie spirits that were incredibly supportive to me. And I have talked about it before, but when we're on this journey of awakening and we have openings into spirit, inevitably a lot of resistance will come up because it's like the ego really does not want to let go and it wants to thrash in its death throes, I guess you could say. And when I was at Uluru, which you'll hear um, later on the podcast, I was experiencing beautiful openings and then really quite severe resistance and I was feeling very harsh and angry and projecting on Isaira and I was finding it really hard to deal with that and accept that and very much these spirit aunties played a role in letting me know that all of that was just normal, it was part of what was going to happen as I was opening and then I just had to witness it and observe it and that everything that I was was perfectly okay. It was like I knew they were 
ordinary, they were completely non-judgmental, they were divine, they were just going to love me no matter what I did. And it was the most beautiful experience. And just to add to that, I know now that when spirit or spirit beings or divine essence really is communicating, it still does come through my ego mind. And some of the experiences that I had with these aunties, I know very much were filtered through my ego mind. And I am going to talk about some of the very funny names they called me. I won't mention it again now because I said it enough <laughs> during the podcast. But I realized that, you know, I'd grown up in a family with, I was the youngest of five and I'd been given flack almost continuously in my childhood. And so them giving me flack was a way of making me feel comfortable. And even the type of flack they gave me was very much to do with what was coming through my own consciousness. But it doesn't really matter what the specific expression of it was. The, the core of it was you are unconditionally loved, you are perfect as you are, even though you're having all these very resistant, angry thoughts, you're still perfect. This, there was this background of continuous, loving, safe beingness and even a lot of joyousness as well a lot of light-heartedness and you don't have to take this what is really just the experience so seriously and I know for all of you you know on this journey we can get so judgy of ourselves if we make mistakes or we pull back or we get very resistant or our fear gets in the way and that's not what spirit is. Spirit is joyous, ordinary, unconditionally loving, a continuous, ongoing expression of love. Doesn't matter what's going on in our head. So I'll hand you over now to the old podcast and me describing the Uluru experience. 2017 was a beautiful year for me. It was the year of my first awakening. And it probably started when my husband Dan rang Osira. He was going through a bit of stuff and he organized to do a deep resolution process with Osira, which was six sessions of counseling. And as he was doing that, I also decided to do the same thing. And I learned a lot of beautiful things from Osira. Really, it was about shifting from fear to love and I'll tell you some of the things because they're valuable for all of us. And it was, I was experiencing a lot of resistance to the process, to letting go of ego and diving more deeply into spirit. And it was just to treat that sometimes immense resistance with love, to lean towards vulnerability rather than wanting to lean away from it. To stay open in the face of other people's fear or defensiveness. So to see them as they truly are, which is love. To not worry so much about my mistakes or my less conscious moments. That even mistakes are meant to be. Isaira said that life does not produce anything that is not needed for the collective. 
So to let go of worrying so much about when I wasn't perfect. To believe in my ongoing work and what I was doing. To aim to go gently with people, to let them find their way in their own way. That I could be a guide, but my main role really was to love them unconditionally. And then to trust life more, to start to just let let go of the control that I wanted to hold on to and just to trust what was happening. So those six sessions with Isaira were a beautiful prelude, you could say, to what was going to happen next. And Isaira had a retreat planned in Uluru that year and I hadn't planned to go because Dan and I were in a moment of some financial uncertainty but I kept having this odd dream that something was falling in my lap and I was pushing it aside as though it was a spider or something scary and then one night after having this dream I felt this falling from my lap and falling into my lap and I just thought maybe I'm not meant to push it away and that morning I went for my usual walk around Jackadder Lake near me which is a beautiful lake and I sat down under a tree that Um, where I usually meditate under I'd been feeling a bit sort of agitated and it kept coming to me that maybe I needed to go to Uluru but I kept pushing it away and I sat down under this tree and I kind of said to myself okay maybe I am meant to go to Uluru and as I thought that thought a long-necked turtle swam in right near me and stuck its head up and just looked at me And I thought, oh, maybe I'm really meant to go. And then it started to swim away. And then I said, oh, well, okay, so if it swims back and comes to me again, I really am meant to go. And it did. It turned around, swam right back in, stuck its head up and just looked at me. And I thought, right, okay, this means something. So I decided to go to Uluru. So when I got to Uluru in the first day or so, I was feeling really tense actually there was I'm sure my ego was feeling very threatened at the presence of Isaira how deeply centered and permanently centered she is in in pure consciousness and also I was having this gut sense that I needed to be relatively silent that I wanted to be perhaps 80% silent and I was a little bit unsure about what others would think of that and you know, part of me still wanted to be approved of and accepted. So I was finding it a bit difficult, but I I did say to everyone that I wanted to be mostly silent and that was so valuable for me. Being with someone like Isaira, who is always immersed fully in spirit and being in a place like Uluru, which is a deeply centering space, It doesn't take long before you start to feel, or I was starting to feel more open, more centred, like I was really starting to connect. And Isaira's influence is just absolutely immense and profound. It's like she's resting in God and we're all just getting drawn in. And it wasn't long before I started to have very profound and very, for me at that time, very surprising experiences. So what happened was we went to for a walk to Uluru and Uluru has such presence and we started walking in towards 
her and we sat down at this beautiful, I think it's a women's waterhole, and we sat down to meditate. And as I sat down, I started to breathe. And then quite suddenly, these thoughts started coming into my head. Just, I, I knew they weren't mine. And I kept shaking my head and thinking, what's going on? And I felt the presence of these two beautiful indigenous auntie spirits, very kind of cheeky, but immensely loving. And I'm going to read you a quote here from A Course in Miracles from the Teacher's Manual on page 64. And it's just because this quote explains what I was experiencing. So the quote goes, There are those who have reached God directly, retaining no trace of worldly limits and remembering their own identity perfectly. These might be called the teachers of teachers, because although they are no longer visible, their image can yet be called upon, and they will appear when and where it is helpful for them to do so. To those whom such appearances would be frightening, they give their ideas. No one can call on them in vain, nor is there anyone of whom they are unaware. So I didn't see them, but I certainly was having their thoughts, their ideas coming into my head. Just before I read to you what they said, remember I was feeling uncertain about some of the stuff I was feeling about being silent and I was concerned as to how I would be able to connect with people and love people when I wasn't talking. So anyway, this is what the auntie said. You be strong to your stuff. You watch Isaira. You know this is true. You will find ways to love. Love comes from inside. You will find ways to give love and receive. And then they said some beautiful stuff about my children and husband. And then they said, Don't take self too seriously. Great Grandmother Rock, you are the rock. You are the clouds, you are the earth. You are aware of the clouds, earth, stars. This is you, awareness. Where does your energy finish and Mother Earth start? Powerful Chi, Mother Earth. You love them, they are you. And I had tears just running down my face. The experience was so beautiful and so opening. And afterwards, I wasn't quite sure whether Isaira knew what I'd experienced. But of course, she walked right up to me and looked into my, my eyes and I knew that she knew everything that had happened and in fact had facilitated everything that had happened. And from that moment on also, Isaira started to communicate telepathically. So I was hearing or thoughts were coming into my head, not so much hearing, but thoughts coming into my head from the two aunties and from Isaira. And just another quote from the teacher's manual of A Course in Miracles, and it says, Communication is not limited to the small range of channels the world recognizes. So obviously I was starting to experience something that I had never in my life experienced before. And it was just so beautiful. I must admit it was also a little confronting to know that Isaira could hear my thoughts, that she could communicate telepathically. And so I was both 
somewhat overwhelmed and a little bit scared, I guess, but found it incredibly beautiful. There's kind of a sense of real oneness, a sense of this is truth, that we are all one, all one mind. The hardest things about that sort of openness and that level of communication was really probably the vulnerability and you know it's like I felt completely exposed and I guess I want to say here that you know this journey is all about that is all about cracking open and being completely vulnerable and what we discover really is that this identity that we think we are is not real and what we really are is pure awareness and that's entirely safe entirely invulnerable but in order to get to that it's like we have to crack open this egoic identity another aspect of that is when I hear that kind of communication is also to learn to trust it communication that I'm hearing both from my own inner voice and from beings that sit in consciousness. Another thing that's really important to mention here is that as I started to experience sort of beautiful opening into that space of deeper consciousness, my ego responded with rebound immense resistance and so I was one moment experiencing love and awareness and the presence of the aunties and and the next feeling grumpy and finding all sorts of things wrong with Isaira and I want to let you all know that that is what will happen that when you're with a teacher or with a therapist or with someone who is has very deep presence you will both experience the value of being with that person and your ego will want to push them away. So you may well find all sorts of things wrong with them that aren't really wrong with them, they're just the projections of your ego. And this is what I was going through at the time and I was finding all sorts of things wrong with Isaira and feeling really bad about that. But also starting to recognise this pattern of a deep opening and then this real echoic grumpiness and closure and recognizing that this was my stuff I had to start to just witness really and in that process of witnessing be able to just really as gently as I could let go of that resistance and it's actually something that I've witnessed in clients of mine along the way as well is that they'll come and really take on board what they're learning and open and open and then need to stop for a while and pull back and I totally understand that I recognize it's the ego feeling very threatened and needing time and I understand now how gently we all need to go with that process and this concept of projection where we very often the very thing that we think is wrong with someone else is actually 
within us. Other humans are always mirrors for us. And so actually I love the work of Byron Katie. She's very good at that. She she gets people to um, turn their projections around completely. And I think it's really valuable work because all of us, even those of us that are quite deeply centered, are capable of when we're feeling something, wanting to put it out there on someone else. So use others as mirrors. Do some self-reflection when you catch yourself projecting or being grumpy or angry with another human. And just look at yourself very gently and see if any aspect of that is in you. Even if someone has difficult behavior, recognize what's underneath that difficult behavior. It may be their fear, their guilt, their pain, their inadequacy. And recognize if there is any of those emotions in you. And of course, there always is. And it's just a useful way to, I guess, learn unconditional love and learn how to move forward. So the thing that the aunties I know were really there for was that when I was in this process of opening and then closing and projecting on Isaira, I was initially very angry with myself for doing that. So the aunties would um, take me out of that space, if you like, of self-judgment or taking myself too seriously by giving me continuous flack and and calling me names. And um, to be honest, I'm a little bit uncomfortable sharing the names they call me, but I'm going to do it because it's so much a part of the story and it's so funny. So they, I've got the, the, my second toe on both feet is very curled over. I think the medical term is mallet toe. And also being of Irish Celtic descent, I'm somewhat hairy on the private parts down below. So the aunties called me hook toe hairy bum or just hairy bum for short. And of course, every time I heard that name, I would go from judgment and seriousness to laughter. And it was said with such love and such joy that it always took me to a place of feeling much more peaceful. So anytime I was projecting an Isaira or angry with Isaira, I would hear the thoughts would come into my head, hairy bums throwing boomerangs at Isaira or hairy bums messing up again. So this is what the aunties continued to do the whole time and it was just honestly such a beautiful experience. It was like I knew that everything that I was was perfectly okay, that it didn't matter that one minute I'd be loving and the next minute I'd be angry and grumpy and inside my head at least projecting an Isaira, that none of it mattered, that it was all okay, that what I really was was this essence of love, awareness, consciousness. And I knew that that's what they were there to teach me, to not take myself so seriously, to just let the egoic closures go, just, just witness them, let them be. So then it was the next day after meeting the beautiful aunties that I had my very first awakening. And that was an awakening into, I guess you'd call it emptiness. It's a feeling of the earth 
dropping away and the essence of what you are. Remember that quote I said in one of my previous episodes from Albert Einstein, that reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And I guess that was my very first experience of the truth of, of, of that. I sire calls it empty fullness because ultimately what I discovered is that it's light, it's love, that initially there's a feeling of emptiness, but at later times I started to experience that as being love, immense, unconditional, overwhelmingly beautiful love. And I'll be describing that in the next podcast. So I think that's enough for today and thank you for being here. It's been a privilege to share with you and I would love you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with friends and family, anyone you think may be interested. And please check me out on my website, which is livingawarenesswa.com. I also highly recommend Isaira and her website is isaira.com. Much love to you all.